Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello, everyone. We are back so soon because more games have happened. The quarterfinals of the World Cup are done. We have the semifinals set. Exciting, exciting games. None of these games disappointed. Fantastic. Not a single one of these games was boring. <laughs> it really was not ideal for someone as me who is in like the middle of final season, but we watched all of them. So, you know, here we are. Um, we're gonna go uh just in order of how they happened. Um, because why not? So the first one, Croatia, Brazil. Now, what a game. What a way to start out. I think that some people, I mean, we talked about this, like. I think some people might have chalked this one up to being the most lopsided, maybe. Um, clearly, not true. Um, it was 0-0 at full time. And then Brazil goes up by one in extra time. And I think everyone thinks it's over. It was also very late in extra time. I think it was like 116th minute, something like that. Is when Croatia tied it up. Brazil went ahead in the first period, right at the end of the first period, and then Croatia. No, ties but like it. it was, it was later than that. Yeah, one hundred seventeenth minute. That's what it yeah. was when Croatia tied it up. Yeah. Um. So they then go to PKs. Which, what? What do we think happens? Well, Croatia wins. What happens is Marquinhos hits the post. I will say. Croatia is quite good at penalties. Their goalie, very good. Good job. You've been doing a lot in penalty shootouts. He's done good. Well, there was a point made that Croatia has never lost at the World Cup in PKs. Yeah, I think that honestly they were playing for that game to be in PKs at some point. I think once they got to extra time, like once it went to overtime, they were playing for PKs. Yeah, and um, but also what is very cool is that I think they were. But they were able to turn it when Brazil scored. They were able to flip yeah. the switch and go, which yeah. is not easy, which is why yes, a lot of the times a lot of times for PKs doesn't work out for teams because they're just so flat and can't make that switch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really because a lot like of times the capacity to do that. Yeah, a lot of times when teams are playing for PKs, if they get scored on, then it's done. They can't flip that switch to, oh, shit, we need to score. When their attitude was not already, oh, shit, we need to score. Yeah. Um, but Croatia did, and that was honestly pretty, pretty impressive. impressive. Um, yeah. I will say I thought um, Brazil had plenty of chances that they squandered. Um, yes. And I will say we talked about it a little bit when we previewed these matchups. Um, and we were talking about – we talked about this with France as well, and we'll get to that. But um, with Brazil and, and maybe – how do they do under pressure? Like what yeah. happens under yeah. pressure? Mm-hmm. Um, what happens when they get frustrated a little bit? They, we haven't seen them be genuinely challenged. And we know that Croatia is always a team that's going to frustrate their opponent. Um, that's how they play. That's what they do. They are always going to frustrate their opponent. Um, and they they are quite simply, in many ways, simply going to outlast you. Um, yeah. That's sort of Croatia's whole shtick. And Brazil crumbled under the pressure. Um, I was thinking about this earlier when I was thinking about points I wanted to make um, when we recorded this in the sense that 
more likely than not, if you are in a major tournament, um, whether it's the World Cup or Euros or, or Copa America, whatever it is, most of the time, the vast majority of the time, if you are going to win that tournament, you are going to have to win at least one PK shootout. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the thing about PK shootouts, you've been in PK shootouts. I've been in PK shootouts. As a goalie, um, listen, yeah. this is why I can never watch both them on been TV in, anymore. We've both been in PK shootouts. Anybody who is has been in a PK shootout will be able to tell you this, regardless of the magnitude of that. Obviously, on a much less high stakes scale, yeah, like you know, travel for us than on the like World Cup. School, but it but, felt like the you know, whole world like, was going to end. So <laughs> I've been I've been in tournament winning PK shootouts, right? Like. We, you win the shootout, you win the tournament, you lose the shootout, you lose the tournament. I've been in those shootouts, right? And I will tell you that the reality of a PK shootout is that it is not about skill. PK shootouts are not about skill. PK shootouts are 100 times out of 100 about mentality. Um, you have to have the composure to just finish your shot. Because I was actually explaining this to a friend of mine or coworker of mine who does not really know much about soccer. And she was a little bit confused as to like, we're not confused, but she just didn't quite understand who has the advantage in a PK shootout. And I was explaining to her like how it's not really on the goalkeeper to make saves. It's on the shooters to make all of their penalties. Um, and if your goalkeeper makes one save, that should in theory be enough for you to win the PK shootout because all five of your kickers should score um, because the advantage is so strongly in the kicker's point of view. The reason we don't see that is because it's a mental game. Yeah. Um, it is entirely in your own sort of thing. And mm -hmm. I think Croatia has a been in enough shootouts that they're probably they, about they as comfortable as you can ever be. Yeah. And they have the mentality to win them every yeah. time. Well, also because they've been in so many of them, they just think they're going to win. And if you have any doubt, yeah. any slight doubt in a P like a penalty shootout, you're going to lose. That's when you miss. Yeah. That's, that's exactly when you miss. When you miss. If, if just a tiny little thing creeps the in the slightest hesitation the slightest doubt that's yep. when you miss that's when it, yeah and uh i mean there's a lot more penalties to discuss in the next yes there's a lot discuss. of penalties to discuss lots of penalties um, but i think that that is a recurring theme um and you know it is entirely it, about i would not want to be your ability to handle that us. pressure yeah it's entirely about your ability to handle that pressure um it comes down to yeah. the game it's a mental game in the end um but Really good job to Croatia. Um, I don't think anyone really thought they'd reach this point, probably except them. Um, and they they have a good team in going forward. So I think it's going to Croatia's be fun. Croatia's deal has always been they have their game plan and they execute it, and they have just continued to do that, pretty much picking up where they left off with the last World Cup. Yeah, I like to say too. I was looking at their roster before this game because I was just trying to like figure some stuff out. They really do have like. I feel like everyone discusses them like, oh, it's the same exact team from 2018. They're all so old. Like, they have a lot of new young guys. And I think that we get confused because they still have, like, Modric playing in the middle. <laughs> like, Paris. Yeah. But most of, like, the team is relatively younger and not many of them played in 2018. And I think that we've, yeah. like, pigeonholed Croatia as, like, the old, like, team because that's just, the... like, plotting for. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's because. Think that we should give them a little bit more credit. <laughs> That's because the guys that are in the headlines last World Cup are the same are guys that are in the headlines exactly. this World Cup. Those yeah. are the same guys. But you're right in the sort of the rest of the team has sort of shifted and there's a younger group in there. So that's so. definitely worth noting in terms of them being able to play 120 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, obviously, like, 
they have to make subs like Modric came off in this game I'm pretty sure like you know Mm -hmm. you have to Mm -hmm. do that and he knows his role and there's someone to go in for him and that's good and that's fine but um anyway just wanted to give a shout out to the younger Croatians because they're playing well too um (laughs) Anyway, let's move Moving on. along to game number two, uh, which okay, so was the Argentina-Netherlands day. game. Um, I think yes. this is, the, after the first game, I was like, please give me a breath. Well, we didn't get a breath in this game either. Um, Not at all. Talk about chaos and potentially one of the best free kicks I've ever seen in my life. Um, when you I wrote- wouldn't. I would I would add a caveat to that. I would say one of the best free kick plays yes. I've seen okay. in my life. I, yes, fully agree. I agree. Because um, it, it wasn't the kick itself. It was the play. It was the play. Agreed. Um, basically, Argentina goes Dominated up. for yeah, it, like this dominating minutes. They're up 1-0 at half. They get a PK in the second half. They're up 2-0 with like 15 minutes left about. Um, I think it was – I think they scored in the 80th something minute. It says 73rd on my screen. Oh, I thought it was later than that. No. Um. Th- so then the Netherlands tie up in the 83rd minute. No, no, no. That's what I meant. The Netherlands' first goal was oh, in the Netherlands. Yeah. But basically, Argentina has do- dominated this game until the very end. The Netherlands pull one back in the 83rd minute, and you're like, okay, like at least it's a game for the next like five minutes. I don't think anyone they was They get expecting 11 minutes of extra time. That in the 90th plus 11th minute, they they do again what are probably the cool, most interesting free kick play trick plays ever and score and tie it up and everyone's like well shit we're going to extra time um now what's interesting about this at this point is for me in my mind my thought process was i know um i don't want to get into our you know the debate we had before we started this but like for me as an as someone who was rooting for argentina to win this game when the netherlands scored that late in regular time and went ex- went to extra time i was like fuck like oh, because yeah. now the momentum has completely shifted argentina has given up a two goal lead like this is just fucked like they their confidence has got to be in the toilet like this isn't going to go well like blah 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 like i was not feeling good about that giving up a two goal lead um after the 80th minute basically yeah. basically i was getting flashbacks to um city M- real madrid last year i was getting flashbacks to that and i was like fuck 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 but they go through all the way through both extra time periods goalless um, i will say in that too it felt like it felt like the netherlands didn't take advantage of the potential momentum they 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 had it felt like i agree they had the momentum it stopped to start the extra time and they came out flat like it didn't feel like I they tried like, to play off of that momentum as much as they should have. I almost felt like they scored that second goal and were like, we tied it up. What do we do now? Yeah. It really felt like, like I think it was such a shock to them. Yes. That they almost were like, oh shit, we had to play another like Yeah, they weren't prepared. Football. I don't think they were prepared. Whereas I yeah, I agree. I think they did not take advantage of their momentum at all. And part of that was I think Argentina did sort of I, I would be fairly confident that Messi gave a fairly rousing speech during that. I'm sure there was at period least some between... people gave a rousing speech. It was like, let's not fuck this up. Yeah. And, and I think that we've seen time and time again, Argentina really have a fighting spirit, a very, very fighting spirit yes, um, for better or for worse, whatever your opinions on the given antics after the game. Um, but Argentina have a very strong fighting spirit and they really want to win this. 
Um, yeah. Yes. I would never. And doubt so I think that they their dedication to wanting to win. This so game. I think that they have never at no point in this tournament when they've gone down, when they've been up, when they've been backed into corners, when they've given up leads at no point, have they been ready to be done? They've always been like, fuck this. We're going out and getting it. Right. So I think that sort of, they really have a mentality of this is it. This is us. We're yeah. nobody's going to stop us. Um, and they get to penalty kicks. I mean, Martinez makes two saves. Um, and that's pretty much end of, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, again, it's the, um, like really setting the stage. I, I we didn't mention this in Brazil and I wanted to mention backtracking slightly. Um, Neymar never took a PK. He was the fifth spot. And I really think that you have to, I feel like these days you have to put your best kicker in the first or second spot. I feel like. I really think your best kicker should be one, two, and three. Yeah. Um, Because I I feel like more often than not, you're not getting to your fifth kicker. I just, you just don't, you can't, goalies are, I, well, I feel like it's less of a, maybe it never has been. I feel like the goalie has more of a chance now than maybe they used to. I don't really know if that's true. That might just be a feeling. I do feel like goalies make more saves now than they used to. And I do think that has a lot to do with the sort of statistics and, and sort of information that is available in the modern game um, and that goalkeepers can study. And you know, these goalkeepers study their, their opponents prior to the game because they're, they have to anticipate that they might get to PKs. So I I do think you're correct in that. I think these days you can reliably, you can say fairly reliably, the goalkeeper is probably going to make one save. Yeah. It just feels like, it feels like it's more often, but that being the case, like, and I think also, I mean, this is this hasn't changed, but you always want to start out strong. Like if you yes. miss your first PK, it changes the entire landscape, no matter what. And your best like, kicker should always be your first kicker. I just think that you have to. I just think that you can't. I mean, again, like Neymar never kicked, and like he probably would have made the first PK. Like his track record suggests that he would have. Um, but Argentina did put good people first. I forget who was first, but. I don't know if it was Messi or um, Messi was first or second though, but like I'm saying, like I just, I just, I, I don't know, I, I don't know who kicked I'm first for the see. Netherlands either, but I do think I think Messi did. Messi kicked first uh, okay. for the yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah. the order. So they actually did go to all five kickers. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it did end up being close. That the well, it was four three, um, but essentially it was over as close. soon as. Yeah, Van Dyke missed, but essentially because right? they missed the first two, yeah, um, so it was impossible to get. It's out almost of it's it's pretty much done. If you miss two PKs, it's really unlikely, especially the first two, because then at, once you miss the first two, if your opponent makes the first two, you yeah. have to score every one after that. Yeah. So the pressure gets even worse, right? Yeah. And I so, get and I get the argument of like oh like the later kickers might have the most pressure, but like also like the first kicker has I think I think it's. It, it's equal amounts of pressure. Like, I just don't think that like it matters. And like, maybe people point to like the Euro final and being like Rashford and Saka should not have been the last kickers. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like it, it just doesn't like, it's going to be a stressful moment whenever. 
it's listen, you should realistically, you should have five guys on your team that you feel confident can hit a PK. You should have, yes. frankly, you should have 25 guys on your team. The yeah, whole I roster, like, you should be confident yeah. they can hit a PK, but you should have five guys who you're like, yeah, those guys are going to hit a PK. And then it shouldn't really matter what order you take them in, but your best guy should kick first. I think they have to go first. I just, um, I, and I think Argentina did that correctly. In the yes, sense that and I think like it definitely. And, um, and I don't know for Croatia what their order was, and I don't know, but I just, I just think you have to do that these days. Um, yeah, you have to set the tone right. Um, I think it really matters. Yeah, I um, mean, I think two going down two zero in the penalty shootout is really, really hard to get your get yourself impossible. yeah out of. Um, um, even if your goalkeeper makes a save, you yeah. still have to make you know. Yeah. Um, it's tough. Anyway, so Argentina won this game a little bit testy. There was like 17 yellow cards, you know? Yeah. Craziness. Um, also, the Netherlands got a red card, which I didn't realize until like hours it was after the game. Within the shootout. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, like what? Um. Anyway. I also did not realize it happened like so when it. it happened. Anyway, a little bit intense. I don't think we're going to get too much into it, but tempers definitely flared a little. Um. And yeah, temper's definitely flared. There were I, some here's questionable what I think. refereeing calls that um AKA there was some a questionable refereeing call that calls. maybe should have been a yellow card. So But I will say, like, once again, I don't know that there was anything, and I said this about pretty much all four games, and we've said this before, like the refereeing at at large yes. in the World Cup has been pretty poor. It's pretty poor. I don't yeah. know that there was anything other than the fact that these are higher stakes games, right? I don't think there was anything particularly like more egregious in these games than there yeah. were in the earlier games. Yeah, I don't for the know. most part, yeah. like you'd have to really the messy handball was pretty the messy bad. handball might be the only one that is like particularly pretty bad. Was like worse to not even call anything on. Like yeah. I don't care what no, the call is, like red, yellow, whatever. It should have been something. Like it just nothing happened. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But I think that's the only one that I can think of where I was like, yeah, that might have been worse than anything they did in the earlier rounds. I don't think anything outside of that call there was anything else that was particularly yeah and more I mean, like, egregious than anything else. Say, like, I, I do feel like I feel like these games were so high stake now. Like all like there's so many people talking about the refs right now, and everyone is saying something, and I feel like. Maybe it's a scapegoat. Well, I Maybe feel like every inevitable. single team, every single team, both the winners and the losers, have come out of every game complaining about the referees. No, they have. No, that's what I mean. Like, and I think, blank, and I think at so that, I think and I do think at that point, that does sort of end up meaning that when the referees are blanketly horrible, the outcome of the game is let actually less impacted. If that makes sense, in the sense yeah. that, like, because yeah, the ref, because if both teams, if both teams are complaining about the refs then it yeah. probably was a fair result yeah in the fair, end yeah I mean I, I I also don't think that refereeing really impacts like a like by the time a penalty shootout comes around the teams are even it's down to like yes. what we were talking about so like it's a sucky way to end a football match we all know that there's no other way to do it and uh none aside I think Croatia and Argentina are very deserving to move on um I think Brazil and the Netherlands would have been too but I think that this is a very uh, good semifinal coming. I up. think to be, I think to be honest, both semifinals were fairly evenly matched, and whichever team had gone through would have been deserving to go through. Exactly, exactly, and I I mean, think, that's what you want. Yeah, right. That's what you want, and you right. got two fantastic games out of it. 
Um, Nobody, I don't feel like any team was particularly hard done by the result. And I yeah. think had the penalty shootouts gone the other way, I don't think that either I team would have been hard done by the result. Yeah. Right. No, like I, agree. I think refereeing was bad all around, but I don't think it ultimately was really strongly against or for either team yeah. in either match. I just think there was bad um, refereeing. Um, yes, there was. There was absolutely bad. So bad. So bad. Um, anyway, so that sets up Croatia, Argentina as our first semifinal. Again, should be really interesting. Um, obviously, definitely going to be an interesting match. Yeah, really interesting matchup. Two kind of different styles of play. Um, Argentina honestly, will definitely be looking to finish it in extra in regular time. Yes, I think, and Croatia will be happy to go to penalty shootout. Apparently, so yes. Um, I don't so, think they're going to be although, like, for that, but. I will say like Argentina's penalty shootout was very good. Like they did perform very well in their penalty shootout. And so like, I do think in terms of like, I don't think it's a done deal if Croatia goes. No, but I don't really think it was. It's not never a done deal. It's never a done deal. But like Croatia will be like, oh no, we're going to a penalty shootout. No, I do think Argentina will definitely want to win it in extra time. Also, I think both, honestly, to be honest, I think both of these teams will want to win it in, in regular time because yeah. they have played extra time games and they won't want that extra time no. on their legs going no. into the final. Yeah, I, I neither agree. team will want that. Yeah, I think that. So I yeah. do think both teams will want it to finish in 90, um, more like 100. Most games have been about 100 minutes. Tap <laughs> that on to but, the stupid refereeing that's going on. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I do think it's really going to be an interesting game. matchup. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope it is just as fun as both of their semifinals. Um, and I expect, I anticipate while I am rooting quite hard for Argentina, which is not uh, news to anyone, but I anticipate even if Argentina goes down, um, I will feel much the way that I feel felt after those two first two semifinals in the sense that whoever goes through, I think will be deserving to go through. Yeah. I um, agree. Yeah. Unless barring something crazy happening in the game, but um, yeah. All right, so moving on to the next ones. Uh, first day was crazy. Second day wasn't any less crazy. Um, just crazy in a little different way. Just crazy. Mm-hmm. Luckily, no PKs, honestly. Well, that's not true for England and France, but we'll get to that. We're no PK shootouts. No PK shootouts. There were a lot of PKs. Um, we're going to talk about Morocco, per- Portugal first. Um, Full disclosure, you're going to have to take the lead on this one. I was violently hungover Saturday morning. So while I watched this game, my an- analysis brain was not happening. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I was trying to find a timeline because I forgot when they scored. Um, they scored in the first half. They scored in the first half. I would like to preface, same Portugal lineup from their round of 16 game, meaning Ronaldo was on the bench no, and Cancelo yeah. was on the bench as well, correct? Yes. Um, yes. I don't think... I don't know about the Cancelo, but I don't think either of us questioned the Ronaldo thing. I don't think anyone should have been questioning the Ronaldo thing. Because... I think even in hindsight, there's no reason to question the Ronaldo thing. No, I think that Portugal looked very good. They had a lot of chances. Like, they easily could have won this game. Ronaldo got subbed on, on at half, right? Um, it was either half or right after half. Uh, I feel like it was not right at halftime. It was right. It was very early in the second half. Oh though. no, I can't find it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, why is it so hard to find this on online? He came in in the fifty-first minute, so basically okay, right. So right halftime. after, I knew it yeah. was right around halftime. 
Um, and I mean, like, honestly, I at, that, think... at that point, it's 1-0 down. I don't feel like you don't put him in. I feel like you wait a little longer. I'll be honest. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just think to like sixty-five I think or something. Portugal, yeah, I think Portugal looked so much better without Ronaldo. Yeah, that like you wait. Well, Jao Felix, we were saying he just looks better without. Yeah, with more fluidity. Jao Felix up looks there. much better. Like I think a lot of players look a lot better when he's not in the side. And so I just think I would have waited maybe to 65, 70 minutes yeah, to maybe put like Ronaldo ten in. minutes. Yeah. Um, I also think that at Ronaldo's age, he is more effective in shorter bursts yeah in the sense that I don't think you can reliably he can and the other thing is he's not going to defend either um so if you're trying to score a goal and still defend because you can't get scored on again I just don't know that he's the best option um to come in that early I do think if you're one down if you're one oh down put him, at the have, 70th yeah. minute you put him in yeah Fair oh enough. absolutely because he I think he, I just he can't I think he go, came in a little goals. earlier we're not saying he can't score yeah I just, um, I just think he he maybe should have come in a little yeah. later than he did um, I will say the Moroccan goal beautiful it was really really nice um in the first half and they they held on um there were some testy moments at the end uh poor one out for uh Bono the Morocco's goalkeeper yeah. He Fabulous. is having a hell of a tournament. He's having, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, talk about him versus the Croatian goalie for the Golden Glove, honestly. Like, yeah, um, definitely both of them are, he's playing so well right now. And I mean, the entire Moroccan team obviously is playing so well. I think they, they have a couple of injuries that I, that happened that I don't, I, I haven't looked, I haven't seen any updates. I don't know. They also had someone get a red card, which was for, a second yellow to which I thought was a very, very soft second yellow. It was a really, really soft second yellow, but I will say this about their player that got a red card. He was a guy who'd come on as a substitute. So it wasn't one of their starters. I didn't realize that, but it's not, that's Um, okay. I just think that like, I can't believe that sent him off that challenge. Again, it was a ridiculous second. Again, it was an absurd second yellow. um, But um, I think that Saiz, Saiz, I hope I say that right. Um, Yeah, that's Um hopefully is okay um i haven't heard anything i'm Um, looking to see if there's any but um if there's any if they're healthy um, and looking strong they're gonna challenge um they're they're gonna look really good i think that they they came at this portugal team um and did not back down and their defense held extremely i mean obviously like they have the players to do it, but their defense held extremely well against Portugal. Um, Portugal's like onslaught of attack basically in the second half. So, yeah. So the unfortunate thing is both of their center Morocco center defenders have their starting center defenders have gone down injured one in yeah. the game against Spain. Um, yeah. Which didn't seem and- to have impacted this game too much. They both looked pretty strong in this game. Agreed, but, but the um, is that Saiz got injured as well. Now Saiz is injured, so it sounds like they really don't know. Yeah, um, from what I'm reading, they yeah. really don't know. I would, I would way. assume if there's any capacity to which he can play, he will. He's been he will. absolutely fantastic in the back for them. Um, and he's also their captain, right? He is their captain. He's definitely yeah. one of the core of the team. Um, so I, fingers crossed. I imagine if he can play, he will. He will. I, if there's I, any way, I, I definitely expect him to be doing fighting tooth and nail to be able to play in this game, um, as anyone would in a World Cup semifinal. But um, 
<clears throat> very good on Morocco. Mm-hmm. Um, are we sad to see Portugal yeah. go? I'm not really. No. Um, not. I don't think either of us are Portugal supporters. Um, um, I'm happy to see, you know, there's a handful of city guys on the Portugal team. Yes. So happy to see them not get injured. Always happy to see them. Um, your players go home healthy because I yeah, haven't had and, that happen. So yeah. And I'm also uh, a Ronaldo hater. So I'm happy to see him bow out without a group stage goal. So I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's true. Um, All right. So moving on, I think obviously this was the primetime game. They put this at the primetime spot. All three other games were like absolutely fantastic. Everyone was like, is this one actually going to like meet the stage? It was quite an entertaining game. It is England, France. I didn't say that, but I hope everyone listening actually knew that. Um, obviously, this game was billed as, you know, two heavyweight across the channel fighting each other. Um, and it did not disappoint. The drama was real. The drama, I will say, France's first goal. Beautiful. What a shot. What a shot. What a shot. And, like, you can't even argue with it. Like, it was just beautiful. And, like, um, fantastic. Um, And then, basically, to go through, England got a penalty um, in the second half due to, may I say, I think arguably England's best player of the day, Bukayo Saka. And I'm not saying that as an Arsenal fan. I'm saying that as an objective football analysis. Oh. Anal- analyst. Well, maybe you're not, but I will. <laughs> I, I agree. I'm trying I to, but honestly, good. I may have said he was the best either way. But he definitely was. Um, beautiful cut across the top of the box to get this penalty. Good on Harry Kane for scoring this one. Um, but Bukayo Saka was definitely the bright spot of England yesterday. He... Why did they take him off? We'll never know. Um, I honestly think that's when, and I tweeted this as well, um, that's when they doomed themselves, England. Yeah. Uh, when they brought Saka off, that was when they doomed themselves. I thought there were other players who had had looked decent. I thought Phil Foden played well. He, yeah. I don't think he looked as good as Saka did, um, but he played well. He created some chances, um, had some good looks and stuff like that. I also thought Harry Kane had a fairly good game. Um for the most part, yeah. uh, I actually thought Kyle Walker played, did a very admirable job in keeping yeah, Mbappe good. out of the game. Yeah. Um, a lot of this game was very much billed as Walker versus Mbappe. And despite the fact that France won the game, I do think Walker won the Walker versus Mbappe battle. He, did, he um, kept Mbappe quiet. Um, and Mbappe, Giroud, Mbappe did, yeah. was kept quiet. Um, Giroud scored France's second goal um, in the 78th minute. As an Arsenal supporter, shout out to Drew. It was a beautiful goal. And I would like to say he has it having a fantastic tournament. Um, he has. And we always like seeing him add to his goal record that he now has um, to try and get as much length in between him and Mbappe because Mbappe is close on his heels. But um, And then basically France then, makes an absolute ludicrous tackle. This is the most ridiculous thing in the that box. you've ever seen. Why? The ball wasn't even like in the vicinity of being really- the ball is in the air yeah um mason mount is not making a particularly great run no um, it's not like he's, he's almost certainly not going to beat Loris to the ball no um, it's not it's it's and, not anyway, particularly he dangerous gets shoved over in the box well and then he gets a shoulder a in the back it's a penalty yeah, like it's um absolutely i think it was hernandez who it could i don't remember who, who but it was bad but it was, it was just stupid it was, it was, it was absolutely stupid, stupid. And, and honestly, had 
and they, and Hernandez is very very lucky. He's a that Harry Kane's guy. Extremely lucky because because if he if they had tied the game on that, it would have been deserved. I think for being that for making a tackle that stupid, you deserve to have go have a yeah, tie. No, you do. I think and and honestly, anyway, they get the PK and Harry Kane misses. Harry Kane skies it. Um, I will. I have a couple of things to say on this. A. Him and Hugo Lloris play on the same team. They both play on Tottenham. They mm-hmm. practice PKs against each other a lot. I do they probably wonder, go 50-50. I wonder, after he takes the first one, why he takes the second? He looked nervous before the first one. He did not look necessarily confident. And I don't yeah. know if it's a good idea. Like, because like you would expect Lloris to know him quite well. You almost yeah. anticipate and like, you know, yeah, but as you said, 50-50. So if you're taking two, he probably is going to save one. I don't yeah. know who they would have had kicked it because of the subs that, that had already been made at that point. Listen, but I my gut tells me, it. my gut tells me Marcus Rashford should have taken it. Yeah. I understand why he would not have um yeah. for on many levels yes um yeah. one because I understand Harry Kane's already made one Harry Kane's captain Harry Kane is Harry Kane he's leading the line I understand that's the guy who's going to take your PKs yeah um and I could also understand given the reaction to their Euro loss last year why I will Rashford say I would not want to take the PK yeah I was that thinking point. that like if Saka um, had still been in he could have been a legitimate taker of that PK and honestly I'm almost relieved that it was Kane who, yeah, like it's horrible for me to say, but it's true. After no, but honestly, Euros, but honest to God, I'm relieved that it was Kane. The best case scenario if England was going to lose like that, um, is for it to have been Kane. Yeah. Um, because I think, for better or for worse, um, fans and the media are a lot kinder to Harry Kane than they would have been to a number of other players. Yeah. Um, notably, Sir, notably, um, you know, Saka and Rashford, um, yeah. who we saw the reaction that they got to that. Yeah. But I also just think generally unestablished players too. Like yes. I, in the sense that I think obviously the reaction would have been worse for any black players than any of the white players simply because of racism. Um, but yeah. I'm also like, I think had Jack Raylish taken it or had Phil Foden taken it, yeah, it or sort of any, or Mason Mount, like any of those guys who are like, people are wishy-washy on whether they think they're good or not, or like, yeah. you know, that would have been a lot worse of a reaction, not as bad as soccer or, or Rashford, but it would have been yeah. a worse reaction than Kane. I think yeah. if somebody had to miss, the kindest reaction was going might to be have, might as well have been a Tottenham so, player as an Arsenal fan. Like, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Um, I, I was really hardcore rooted for him too. I was watching my brother and he was like, we're really rooting for Spurs players right now. I'm like, yeah, ew, but we rooted yeah. for you, but I don't feel super bad that it was you who missed it. Yeah. As I would have if other players had missed it, but um, agreed. I, the, I one last Harry note I have. Gutted, um, and I, I do feel bad for him. Um, one last note about this game is I do want to give a shout out to, uh, Hugo Lloris. Um, cause I thought he actually had, he he really stepped up in a moment that he really needed to, because I can't remember the exact amount of saves he'd made, but I know that prior to this game, he'd only made three saves in the entire tournament. Yeah. It was insane. Um, 
And I know he made like five in the first half. No, he um, he de- he definitely. I don't think we were doubting his ability France. as a goalie, but he hadn't been. No, tested. but he hadn't been tested much. And in he, the he World definitely Cup. And um, England definitely his, tested him. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. I, I think so, that he. I think Fr- I think France will be very very pleased that obviously, having been tested, he held up going into the semi. Um, I think. That I think also France should be pleased that even with Mbappe taken out of the game by good defending, that they could still win the game. Yeah. Yeah. I think I mean, it's French team is good. I, I I do. I, yeah. I think you and I have always known that this French team was not it's just, not just Mb- Mbappe. Mbappe. It's I not, that- it was not Mbappe versus France, England, because had it been Mbappe versus England, England would have won. Yeah. Um, and I just think it was I, France I, versus England. I think There's that a lot of other guys of these games there. can sometimes like boil it down to like the one star player. And that's just like, of all these four teams that are left in it, they wouldn't be here if they only had one player. Like that is just yeah. not how you get to the semifinals of a world. It doesn't Cup. come it, down to just it one doesn't player. come down it to doesn't. one player. And like your star player, like for France, yeah, Kylian Mbappe did not have a good game. That is fine. He got you have a good enough team who was can well pick defended. him up and who can go on to win a game. And they played yeah. very well. But you have well other guys bad. who can score goals. Yeah, exactly. And like that's fantastic if you're a fan of the France team because like. You you want that. Um, they have multiple different players who can be dangerous. Um, and I will say that England did test them. Like England looked oh, very absolutely. good. Um, I do not think that England, in many ways, I do not think England should be at all ashamed of this performance. No, I thought it was a good performance good. by England. Like, it's, it's I thought shame. it was a very good performance yeah. by England. I think they were let down a little bit by the substitutions. Um, yeah, we've I been, so too. we've been critical of Southgate in the past. Um, but I do think their substitutions did lead them, let them down. I also um, think, Saka should not absolutely should not have. I also out. think like if um, you're down, if you're down in that moment, like, and they were when they made those substitutions and I was talking to my brother about this, like, why don't you take off one of your defensive midfielders? And I know we talk about this a lot of like mm-hmm. Southgate, Southgate always somehow reason plays with them, but like, you don't, t- you normally like leave all your offensive players on and add instead of like flip-flop them like it it messes with cohesion and also then you're not really like adding pressing players so yeah it felt, it felt he didn't, I thought the substitutions definitely uh did not help England's case um but I thought they played a good game and I think yeah. it's, I, mean, um, it's I saw another one of those I saw another one of those tweets that was similar to after the um after the U.S. bowed out about the ages of a lot of the core England players in 2026 and many of them are still going to most of their best players are still yeah. going to be not Bellingham, only on this Saka, squad, but Foden, within their prime, I mean, like yeah. their prime. Even Declan Rice, like Declan yeah. Rice. Um, you I mean, know, a lot, a of, lot them, I mean, of a lot of them are still yeah. going to be in this thing. So yeah. I, I expect we have we and and I would hope you know Southgate likely will be replaced. Um, yeah, I don't know, and yeah. that we could see this. I think this England team, both in this game but at large, have been let down by managing before. Yeah. Um, and I would really like to see what they do with a more aggressive manager. Yeah, um, I do think I, I so do. Agree I'm with kind that. of looking forward to that. I'm looking but, forward to it too um, because everyone has decided that Bukayo Saka is their man. And I'm like, thank you for finally agreeing with me. Welcome to the club. Um, <laughs> welcome to the club. I've been a fan of him for years. Um, it is lovely seeing an Arsenal player play so well. Um, even if they, you know, it's just, and yeah. he did not get injured. I would like to, yep. I was like, but that ended, that's I was my like, thing. Well, thank God he was not hurt. He's coming back to us in yeah. one piece. That's all I really could ask for. So 
Yep. This uh, um, the five city players are coming back to city in one piece. Like so I am biggest headache. Seeing as I already have Gabriel Jesus out for six weeks, I'm like, dear dear lord. Yeah. So anyway. there is a uh, one current city player left standing. Um, and there's one Arsenal player, but I don't think Saliba will see the field for France. So that's good. But nonetheless, um, that leaves our other semifinal. That leaves our other other semifinal being France Morocco. Yep. Um, Which is gonna be. Again, so entertaining because Morocco is also gonna think, go at them. Yeah, and I also think um, England gave uh, will have given Morocco a lot of ideas about how to deal with France. Does, does um, the matchup match Hakimi up against Mbappe? That's yes. a good question. I think, I think Hakimi plays does. on the right, and they put so Hakimi and Mbappe both play on PSG together, so they know each other really well. So that actually might be a really really entertaining um matchup I would I almost just think that it is the case or maybe I'm just hoping that that's the case I'm double checking that right now um yeah yeah Hakimi plays on the right okay yeah so I think that that'll be really again I like shutting down Mbappe does not shut down the France team but I think that no. Morocco is going but to I do shut think down it... Mbappe you want that you want them to be forced to do things other ways while I do while while we've said it shutting Mbappe does not shut down France you in order to shut down France you do have to handle Mbappe yes agreed, um, agreed. you cannot he's not the only person you have to handle you have to handle the team at large but you do have to handle him yeah and Hakimi will know him really well Hakimi is a is, is an elite level right back there's you know he's arguably in that group of the best right backs in the world oh I think um, so. he's an excellent Absolutely. excellent excellent right back um and he and like we said like I said he knows Mbappe very very well yeah um, I mean they're of course very the good flip side is true as well Mbappe yeah. Mbappe also knows Hakimi very well but I think it will make for an interesting matchup. And I think, honestly, it puts France's, arguably France's best player against Morocco's best player. Yeah, um, I, th- I think I think you can make that argument. And I think, again, it's going to be quite entertaining. Um, I do not think that, obviously, France goes in as the favorite on pedigree, but I don't, I don't think that you can even say that Morocco, like, they're obviously the underdog, but I think they match up pretty well against this French team. And I think that uh I agree. And I think this Moroc- this Moroccan team has a lot of belief, a lot of momentum. And they all the feel fans really good about them. themselves. Their fans are fantastic. And they pass their the games are basically home games. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great to see. Um my fingers are really, really crossed for them to make it to the final. I um yeah. <clears throat> I think I am hoping for an Argentina Morocco final, and I believe you are hoping for a Croatia Morocco final. Gotta go for the upsets. Um, I know we had this like, you know, half hour conversation beforehand. I would not be upset if it was a Morocco Argentina final. Um, no, but I you were be upset if it was a France Argentina final. And, but I just don't know who I'd root for in that case. So we don't need to get into that. I honestly, but in all again. honesty, and all, and to like put my point to bed, I do not. I will not be upset. And I know you disagree because I think you feel more antagonistic towards France than I do. But I don't think I would be upset with any of these four teams winning. And I think that you would say you would be okay with anyone winning except France, if I'm yes. correct. Um, but yes. I don't I, I guess I guess if the circumstances feel okay, I'm not upset if France wins. Um but I, just, I obviously they're not the top. I mean, of we my don't need list. to get into it again, but there is not a goddamn circumstance in the world where I'm okay with yes, France winning. Yes, but I think um, that if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that Katia has a very strong feelings towards France and I think that those are they're all valid and we can all move for other people but 
the semifinals are going to be really entertaining and whoever does make it to the final the final is going to be fantastic um yeah no matter really who i think no matter how you shape up whatever matchup possibilities i think they're all going to be truly fascinating yeah Um, i think that's that's definitely true that which no matter which of these two four teams end up in the final it's going to be a very interesting final because i actually i think all 14 all four teams left are very different Yes, 100%. None of them. Which makes this really interesting. It's going to, I think it honestly could come down to like which manager has the best game plan. Yeah. yeah, I I do think it might come down to game plan. Someone actually said something to me really funny today about Morocco um, in the sense that Morocco is what Diego Simeone wishes Atletico was. (laughs) That Morocco is not, not true that Diego Simeone wants Morocco wants Atletico Madrid to be Morocco so bad yeah but Morocco has the right player the problem with Simeone is he like forces players into his system and then he's like not like they just don't fit his system and you're like why does it he's like why doesn't this work I'm like because your players <laughs> don't work yes yes Joe Felix yeah I suspect he may be leaving Atletico with Madrid at some point. Um, that's uh, for the topic. sake of Joe Felix I hope he's living leaving Atletico I hope so too he does not Diego Simeone's the gameplay. This is so off topic of us. Is good, but it only works with a certain subset of players. And right now, he does yeah. not have those subset of players, and it's not working. But I yeah. do agree with the idea that Morocco very much is that team that is working. Um, and it they is play very, very yeah. good game plan. Anyway, point being, um, some very interesting semifinal matchups coming up. Um, I do want to give a brief shout out. Um. The women's Manchester Derby was today. I watched um, some of it. City and Man United ended up tying 1-1. Um, yeah. I'm actually pretty, as a City supporter, I'm actually pretty happy with this result. Obviously, United you want to win, really, but has United been has been really, really, year. really good this yeah. year. Um, and so to not, to only, like, to have, to share the points, I think, Um is is much better because I went into the game with the understanding that it might not go very well at all. Yeah, I mean, um, I definitely. It's I I I don't think I realized. I'm looking at the standards right. Now, I didn't realize that C is like three points behind. I guess I thought they were only two points behind United, but I mean, either way, whatever. Um, the top are close. It's just, um, again, I will say I watched some of the Arsenal game as well. We went down one Oak early, but then just as per usual came storming back. Um, I'm more worried about Arsenal just due to some injuries like Beth Mead is injured, um, which is a massive loss for us. Um, and I would like Chelsea not to win again. Like, yeah, it's just been like a little, like, I feel like every season, like Arsenal loses like one game and then like Chelsea wins by three points. And it's like inevitable yeah. that like. Um, I I do genuinely feel like man, you could make a run for it this year. Alessia Russo has very much been on fire. No, they've um, been since... they've been yes. Yeah, so they're so. so Chelsea is Chelsea does have a game on both Arsenal and both United and City as well. Um, Arsenal's only three points behind Chelsea, and United's only two points behind Arsenal. So it is definitely going to shape up. I also would like to say like Chelsea only beat Reading today three two. It was close. Um, mm-hmm. The WSL, unlike other years in the past, all these teams are good. Um, I obviously yeah, the, like, the WSL has definitely the, um, the WSL but, has definitely evened out a bit. Yeah, it's, the last I, I think that in past years, some like you would go into some of these games and you're like, oh, 
I'm going to, you know, whatever. But like barring Leicester City, who has zero points, um, from seventh to eleventh place is only separated by two points. Um, which yeah. kind of tells you obviously it's a big drop off from the top three, but um it's it's been pretty entertaining. I would tell everyone if they have the chance, turn it on. Um, these games have been fantastic. They set a I think a attendance record for the Manchester Derby uh today. Yeah, um, they did. they're playing in all the big stadiums, partially because of the World Cup, but they they're doing it anyway, and the reception has been great. Um and as the champ, like the, the women's story. champions league is also happening right now. Um, and by I would like to just note that Arsenal has won one beat uh I don't know who they played, Juventus. Um, but the shocker from last week um was that Bayern beat Barcelona 2-0. Um Bayern is obviously Barca's first a loss good, this year. Yeah, like Bayern is good. Um, I think the addition of like Georgia Stanway has obviously been very, very beneficial. Um, and they have some other key players, but I don't think anyone expected Barcelona could to go down. Um, no. And again, it may show a little bit of an evening um, out. I mean, I think it's way too early to tell, but. Um, I think it does a little bit of that, but I also think um, it's kind of good for Barcelona to lose early. Oh, absolutely. Um, because we saw in the lat, like they were undefeated and then they lost to Lyon in, in the, the final. final. Yeah. Um, so. So. And then I actually think Alexia is not too far off being back for Barcelona as well. Oh yeah, I was gonna see. I um, that's good to hear. I'm. It's interesting to start thinking about some injuries in the World Cup. Uh, and I just I don't know if like Beth Mead, where Beth Mead is gonna be by the World Cup, yeah, and that well, would be a Alexia, massive loss for England. Alexia got hurt in what May? Yeah. So yeah, so so that's. It's December, so that's seven months now. Yeah. Um, She's just about coming back. Just, in the I, next, I think it'll probably... be close for Beth Mead. Um, yeah, Beth Mead's going to be cutting it close, but Alexia yeah. will be back for Barcelona. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. So, yeah, Alexia will be back for Barcelona and then obviously for Spain, may, maybe, but that's politics we won't talk about. <laughs> um, but anyway, all, as much as the World Cup has been taking up a lot of our time, these games are fantastic, and I, I think we would both stress you should be watching them. Um, yes, yeah. and also there's some being, quite good soccer like, happening. As we have only three, or I guess four, including the third place game, um, games left in this World Cup, um, we're pretty much going to finish this World Cup and then j- sort of jump right into sort of the ramp up to the Women's World Cup next summer. So a lot of a lot of reasons uh, outside of just sort of. Even if you're someone, I think there's a lot of people out there who only watch the Women's World Cup and they don't watch women's club soccer. Yeah. Um, which I would poo-poo you for that. But I would, I would also well. encourage you to like it would not not be a bad idea with the Women's World Cup coming up. Um, to start, you know, now's maybe a good time to get into some of this. Yeah, get club to know some of the players. To- um Get to know some of the players that are not in the US pool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I I I would say the the women's super league in england just because i think that like if you have a premier league team you can root for your premier league team like on the women's side and yeah. like that's like an easy affiliation but i think all these teams kind of have top players on some of the top national teams so you can kind of just start getting a sense of yeah i mean i think whatever in the world cup i mean i think whatever team whatever teams you root for you should just um, root for both of them in the men's <laughs> side most of them have strong women's sides as well yeah. um if you are a premier league fan 
there's a women's side you can root for if you are a Barcelona fan or a Bayern fan or a Madrid fan. Um, Juventus. There are women's sides. That, yeah, Juventus. PSG Leon, is good. PSG. You can, there's women's sides that you can root for. And so you don't even have to, you know. Wolfsburg. And, don't forget about Wolfsburg. I always do. Yeah, Dortmund has a team, but they are not very good. Yeah. <laughs> so... But you've also, um, I mean, the, the the growth in the game over the past like two years has really kind of yeah. been insane in Europe. Um, and you are finally finally seeing these big clubs. I feel like we've talked about this, but finally seeing these yeah, big clubs investing. realizing, oh, if we just market this all together as one big club, um, you're gonna get obviously people, get the support. Yeah. So it's fantastic. So yeah, point being, with as fun as the World Cup is, um, as it ends, you should also be paying attention to the women's leagues throughout Europe um, because it's going to be really helpful if you want to know what you're talking about next summer. Yeah. Pay attention now, people, so you don't make stupid takes in like six months. Please. We don't want to be complaining about you on this podcast. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like anyone who would be making those takes is listening to us, but. Well, if you're going to be an idiot on Twitter in six months, you know, save us all, save, save us, us all the trouble. That. Well, also might some... not exist in six months, so we never know. Um, well, anywho, yeah. to avert going out on a tangent, um, we're gonna, um, we will uh, be recording another episode right after the summies um, and ramp it up for the final. So expect another shorter episode after those two games and then another short one after the final. Um, and then we will, get back into our re- um, regular once a week programming for festive fixtures, which is the first set of games for the premier league coming. They back. are not letting us rest because it is literally less than a week. It's, um, uh, it's, it's, it, it, I honestly like legitimately, it's good that like England was out honestly for all the premier league players they have. Cause they, they need, yeah. I, I, I am extremely worried about they the at least get injuries we might see in like the two to three weeks prior. Um, yeah. Into the first couple of weeks of January, but once again, Germany have done it right. Germany have done it right, per usual, except Manuel Neuer, who broke his leg skiing, and now he's out for Oh, Bayern. yeah. Which, not sure why anybody let him go skiing mid-season. He said, I needed to clear my head post-World Cup. Cool. You could have done that in, like, a not-extreme sport, to which then you, like, screw your club over, but... Go to the Caribbean. Yeah, you know, like, go like swimming go in the ocean, maybe? Chill like, on a beach somewhere, Neuer. Anyway, um, I don't know how much that will actually impact Bayern, but I think that uh, that may have been a little bit stupid. But the Bundesliga is still taking their regularly scheduled winter break, which is why um, they won't be starting back until significantly after the Premier League. Uh, but good to know. Anyway, enough of our random ramblings. Um, we're That's going to be it for today. And we will talk to you like on Friday, because that's then after the games. So until then. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.